Hi, everyone, and welcome to What's Your Bliss? My name is Thomas Ragland, um, and I'm going to be bringing you this podcast weekly. We're going to be discussing uh, a journey each week um, uh, to something that brings one of our guests bliss, uh, their personal history with the topic, and a look into societal history and context for that topic, as well as tips for how you listeners can bring these pieces of bliss into your lives. So we're really glad to uh, have this starting today. Uh, today is our first episode, really excited to get going. And our first guest is Ezra Kerr-Ragland, uh, who also happens to be my son. Uh, very excited to have you here. Ezra, welcome, and what is your bliss? Thank you for having me. Uh, my bliss is cooking. All right. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to do a deep dive into what that means for you, as well as what that has meant um, kind of societally, specifically as it relates to your passion for cooking. Um, we're not going to get into the origins uh, necessarily of cooking as a whole, but I, I want to talk a little bit, Ezra, you and my first guest, and the reason for that is partially, uh, not just nepotism, um, it is partially because you came up with the title of this podcast, What's Your Bliss? Um, not intending for it to be the title of a podcast uh, when you first right. came up with the phrase, um, but why don't you tell, uh, why don't you tell us what, uh, how this came to be and, and uh, why we're using this now as our, as our podcast theme? Yeah, um, a little unfortunate back then, but I'm glad it happened because now we have the podcast. And um, yeah, so I was kind of going through a transition stage in my life, my junior year of high school, going to a new high school um, in Boulder. And it's a, it's a different environment, different crowd than um, who I was hanging out with before. And I was just trying to figure out myself and how I wanted to present myself. And like any anyone going into a new city, trying to meet people, you're trying to think of a good thing to say. Um, so I just walked up to this group of kids and I was just trying to reach out and I kept going in my head, like, how do I, how do I say this? You know, like, what do they do in movies? And I don't know why, but I landed on, I watched a commercial the day before about bliss from eating, um, a York peppermint patty. And I was like, you know what, that's <laughs> it. That's the one I'm going to go with. And I walked up and I just went, Hey guys, uh, what's your bliss? And <laughs> I could hear the crickets all around the high school uh, and I just walked away a little awkward, but you know, it was a learning experience. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love that story. Um, not so much for the embarrassment that unfortunately caused you at that time. Um, you've rebounded very well. Um, but I, I love the story because uh, you know, it, it, I think it does paint exactly what you're talking about, which is you're trying to figure out something, something that helps you stand out in a new place uh, something you didn't say, and, and I'll let you go into into as much detail in this podcast as you absolutely want to. But you know, something you didn't say is it was your third high school in three years um, at the time, um, and and trying to fit in and trying to find a way to really engage with people that you've never met before, um, and also doing kind of the high school uh, peacocking thing too, a little bit, right? Of like trying to be this like fun guy and uh, and things like that, you know. It, 
it's it's unfortunate like kind of the the situation that it that you you found yourself in where people were like <laughs> what are you talking about um but i think in general like it it's uh, it showed initiative um i i've i love that story uh, which is why i kind of settled on that when we started talking about you and i have been talking for a while about me starting a podcast and and what that would look like um and we talked about things that i'm interested in um but i didn't want to do another uh, fantasy football podcast i didn't want to do um you know, a, a movie podcast uh, necessarily. Like I, I wanted it to be something that was bringing positivity to the world. My day job uh, does not bring a lot of positivity uh, to most people <laughs> that I interact with. Um, so I wanted to find something that uh, changed that up a little bit. And, and I settled on bliss. I actually used uh, the whole what's your bliss thing um, as a, an, uh, an icebreaker with my team one day. Um, and then like really thinking about it, I, I kind of settled on, well, you know what, I actually think that would be a really good uh, way to bring that positive spin to podcasting and, and to talk to people who are just going to talk about something that brings them joy. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about things like real things sometimes that are going to impact how we found this bliss, right? Um, sometimes we find our bliss because we are uh, in, a, in a negative situation. Uh, maybe that applies to you today. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, but I, I want to just be, uh, you know, I, I want to give you credit. And the reason I asked you uh, to be my first guest is is partially because of that story. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing it with us. Well, thank you, Pops. Um, I'm really honored. And yeah, I think, you know, during that time, it was one of those moments of embarrassment that we all go through in, in high school and just life in general. But glad to look back on it, laugh at it, and see where we're at now. And I definitely agree, especially in the times we are right now. Um, the world could use a little bit more joy and just getting to talk and hopefully connect with people and people sharing the same inspirations yeah so i'm excited awesome well let's jump into it you mentioned at the top of the uh show that your bliss is cooking i, I want to start with you know your personal history with cooking what where that where that started for you uh whether it was a blissful first experience cooking um, or if that's something that came later um, but yeah it, why don't you just tell us the the origins of of kind of you getting involved in, in, in cooking, which is, you know, something that obviously many of us do, but um, not all of us find bliss in. So why don't you tell us uh, again, how, how that kind of started for you? Right. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you at first it was not a blissful thing because I burnt plenty of meals and they all went pretty bad in the beginning. Um, it kind of just started, you know, um, pretty humble beginning so I wasn't cooking anything crazy um like my sister my older sister would cook for me a lot um and you know I make ramen was probably like the first thing most people start to cook you know so stuff like that and then I remember this is kind of funny and a little more embarrassing but um I watched Ratatouille as a kid and I was like just walk around anyone can cook <laughs> and <laughs> I I wanted to make an omelet because it looks so good and I remember um, I went to my grandparents' house and they had a little omelet pan where you could just do the flip with it flipping over on itself. And so I, I remember I chopped up onions, like I learned how to cut them, my older sister showed me. Um, and I just kind of put stuff in there and um, I don't know, it was just such a nice time. And I felt like I could really be kind of creative with it and put whatever I want into something. Cause you know, as a, a young kid, you don't really get to be, at least in, my household growing up, I, I wasn't able to be picky. So you just eat what you get and um, you don't throw a fit. 
it's kind of the <laughs> whole consensus there, you know? And I, I think from that moment on, though, from making omelets, I just realized I really enjoyed it. And it was just something that was soothing to me. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where it started. And um, yeah, and then just later on, as I got older, you know, um, cooking more for myself, became more independent. And now it's just something I, it's like a part of my daily regimen of like, even if I have stuff I have already made, I really enjoy to like take the time out to at least cook like breakfast or dinner or something to like, I don't know, give me a moment away from the busy lifestyle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you find, uh, you, you mentioned that you, you know, it took some time for it to kind of uh, click uh, in terms of being something that was enjoyable versus, you know, uh, we, we talked about it, but th this idea that a lot of people are cooking just to, uh, you know, just to have their food to, to survive those types of things, but, but, to, but right. to find joy out of it. Um, so I guess I, I, I'm curious if there was a, if there was a specific uh, dish that um, you were like, oh, this was, uh, this was something that I know brought me joy. If there was something very specific um, about a, a certain experience or a certain time that you were cooking, where it became something more than uh, necessity for for sustenance. Right, and I, you know, I think a lot of times for me, at least, um, cooking with you and mom has always been something that's memorable to me because that's when I really started to branch out with my cooking. Um, and it was when we did a whole 30 and we were making different dishes and stuff I'd never even tried before. And I remember you were really helping me to expand and just try new things like pho, for instance, or um, like sushi for the first time. And I remember that was so cool to me. And specifically, I remember um, with mom, we were, we made sausage and peppers and I don't know what it is about the dish. It's just so, it smells so good when you're cooking it. Onions, it's just always good smell. But um, I think it was just really colorful and just like, I thought it brought us all closer together. And I think that's one thing I love about cooking in general is like, you know, you talk with people, you can have a glass of wine or whatever and just kind of joke around and um, really just be yourself and not think too much because you're in the middle of doing something else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right on that. And I think uh, sausage and peppers, if I had to, to pick a dish, maybe not so much anymore, but but one that would make me think of you would certainly be uh, sausage and peppers. That was one that I, I felt like at our, our previous house that you cooked all the time, um, that, you know, that was, uh, you know, something that you really um, kind of perfected, uh, to be honest. And, and I think that that, uh, for me, uh, cooking is, is a mutual bliss. Um, and uh, for me, uh, you know, I think that that's one of the things that that helps me is if I feel like I'm good at it, I feel like I'm 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 doing something that's uh, you know, and, and not everything is like this. Not every bliss is something that we're like the perfect at, right? Uh, but but for right. me, especially with cooking, I feel like if I if I'm doing it successfully, um, it, it it feels better, right? Um, and part of that is because I've been cooking for other people uh, for a very long time now, right? Um, you know, so right. I I need it to taste good. <laughs> <laughs> because other people yeah. <laughs> are eating it, right? Um, re refined sugar to get rid of all, um, uh, basically anything that's that's um, not considered a whole food. But but they go pretty restrictive. They don't allow you to have uh, legumes. They don't allow you to have uh, grains. Um, it really is. Um, it, it's really interesting uh, and pretty restrictive. Um, 
thing for 30 days. It, it, it's meant to be a challenge, not meant to be a, a sustainable uh, style that you do. And, and we can get into the, 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 the pros and, and cons of that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think one of the things that Whole30 did for us was it forced us to uh, learn to cook um, a, a, a lot of different things. Um, but I'm curious from your perspective, because um, while you were living um, in our house, um, you know, a couple years into you living with us, um, we became, uh, myself and, and your mother became vegetarians or, or pescatarians, really. Um, and uh, you didn't. Um, you, you, uh, you know, continued eating meat, things like the sausage and right. peppers, those types of things. But I'm curious if that, uh, to your recollection, altered kind of your own if you felt like you needed to cook more at that point or, or if that altered uh, kind of your own cooking journey at the time? Well, you know, um, at that time, I, I don't think it altered too much. I, I really enjoy yours and mom's cooking. Um, and whether it's vegetarian or not didn't bother me. It was a home cooked meal and I was, it was happy. It tasted great. Um, I think the only thing that changed was just the fact that I remember we had the conversation that you guys were both going vegetarian and if I wanted meat I'm welcome to have it in the house but I got to cook for myself which I think is a fair a fair ask right and um for me though I found I actually really enjoy a lot of the um, vegetarian options for like meat substitutes um enough so that I even go out of my way sometimes to buy things with them in it because I just like, I don't know why, like, I guess it reminds me of home or something, but I really like enjoy the taste. Um, but yeah, at that time, I do think it made me grow in my cooking skills and also my enjoyment because, you know, I couldn't rely on making sausage. I didn't want to eat sausage and peppers every night. Um, so I had to find new alternatives and really kind of perfect my own craft in that way. But by doing that, I really knew I had to branch out. And so I would just look up recipes. And I remember um, part of that was when I started to have to cook for other people, like you said you did. Um, it had to taste good. It couldn't just be, oh, I can tolerate it. Um, for me, sometimes, you know, if you mess something up, it's like, oh, okay, I can I can struggle through this. But um, also I feel like my cooking, when I watch other people, not only tell me that they like it for me, but like for them to see the enjoyment it brings to people and, just bring people closer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, uh, you see a lot of people who talk about kind of the joy of cooking, which, which I think makes this a pretty natural fit for this first episode uh, also. But um, yeah, I think, um, and, and the communal piece I want to touch on in, in just a second. Um, and I think you and I are in a, uh, a unique situation uh, for this episode because you and I, A, we know each other, a, B, we, we've lived together, uh, C, we're related, you know, the whole thing, right? Um, but, in, but in this case, we, and both of us really like cooking, and we also have cooked together a lot. True. Yeah, so we have cooked together a lot, um, you know, and one of the things that you have um, have said to me, uh, kind of jokingly in the past, is that really prior to that first Whole30, um, when you and I were making food, or when I was making food, I mean, really, it was like a lot of pasta, a lot of sandwiches, it wasn't a lot of... Um, was a lot of breadth uh, uh, and depth to the, the cooking that we were doing, and Whole30 really kind of changed uh, a decent amount of that. Um, 
I want to talk about, you know, just kind of our journey uh, cooking together, but I want to bring up, um, actually, I'm, I'm going to hold, hold off on that when we, we jump in. Um, we, uh, we've been cooking together for, for a while, um, but right. um, it, back in 2019, right, um, we decided that we wanted to kind of embark on a, a journey together where we would um, cook meals that we had never cooked before um, from, from countries all over. Um, and, and that was really a, um, a kind of a different um, thing than we had done in the past. We decided to do it kind of uh, weekly um, for, uh, it was nine or 10, I think it was 10 weeks um, that we decided weeks, to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that we were inspired by um, the show uh, Final Table. I'll talk about Final Table in just a second. But I, I wanted to get your perspective just on, um, you know, what about uh, what about the final table? Do you think kind of inspired you personally to to take up that challenge? Um, what was it about that show? I mean, you've been around me and and your mother long enough. You've seen us watch every cooking show, every cooking competition under the sun. We've never attempted something like this, um, and this was pretty ambitious. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, like what what was it about the final table? um that you know, it spoke to you but but i guess spoke to us yeah totally um from my perspective it was just mainly i well the first thing i want to mention is the overall aesthetic of the show where they gave a backstory to each person um and just showed where the food was coming from and how different cooking styles can uh, kind of merge together i found that really interesting and um, I always hear people talk about, for instance, like how versatile chicken can be because you can cook it a million different ways and use different seasonings and such. And I, I've never really branched out to think about it and look that up. And um, I guess part of it for me was I wanted to also experience the other cultural foods. Um, for me in life, that's one thing I really enjoy is just embracing other people's cultures and getting to understand them a little bit more and I think part of that is just food is a common language of all people and we all have to eat to survive but how we prepare it is way drastically different I would say and for me that was a really attractive quality overall for the show and really inspired me to want to take on that journey um yeah yeah I I think that that's a, a really fair assessment I mean I, I think that was one you know uh, versus the, other, the millions of shows that you've walked in on us uh, kind of watching uh, food related over the years. That was one that you and I started together. Um, it, yeah. Just from the very beginning, we, you know, we saw a little preview on, on Netflix um, and we, you know, said, Hey, that, that looks interesting. Um, like you said, the aesthetic of the show really caught both of us. Um, you know, it kind of combined um, it, kind of a travel type documentary um, with a cooking competition um, thought they did a really uh, good job. The critics uh, didn't uh, didn't agree with us uh, necessarily, um, unfortunately. Um, Final <laughs> Table um, was a uh, was a cooking competition that um, was released on Netflix uh, in November of 2018. The idea was that it would have 12 international teams, um, each comprised of two professional chefs, um, competing to create uh, dishes based on the country chosen for each episode. Um, they had a uh, kind of a three person panel that judged the first round and then a guest kind of celebrity chef uh, for lack of a better term um, from that country to judge the final round, which had to use um, a very uh, 
specific ingredient. Um, and then uh, kind of throughout the show, they, they did these kind of little um, documentary style um, interviews for the contestants and their, uh, their cooking journeys and, and things like that. Um, the, uh, the countries that they used um, were Mexico, Spain, the United Kingdom, Brazil, India, the United States, Italy, Japan and France um, and the finale was kind of a, a hodgepodge of of things and they had to cook basically for um, you know the uh, to get a spot at the uh, eponymous final table um, where they would essentially become um, you know a around chef that you know theoretically in later seasons would be the chef that came on when whenever their country was uh, was chosen right um, anything I missed on the final table from from your perspective um, no, I think just one part was the secret ingredient that um, was chosen was usually something that's used in a lot of dishes uh, widely known for that country. Um, for instance, I believe it was Spain used polpa um, or octopus um, in their dish to kind of, and they would choose things that were challenging that um, not a lot of people could prepare. Um, but yeah, I think spot on that encompasses uh, the whole show. And, and you and I, um, so what we did to just kind of give a breakdown of, of kind of our, uh, you know, our challenge, we uh, decided every week basically to do the country that they were doing. And, and we tried to do it almost in the order um, that they did it. There were a couple of changes here and there for, for a couple of reasons. Um, but we, uh, we decided to, to we, we, we stuck to all of the countries and we actually added our own 10th country of Greece um, as um, our final because we wanted to to have a tenth, um, they they only had nine plus the the finale, but we decided to add a tenth, um, and we thought Greece might be right. a, a good choice. What I'll do on the um, uh, Your Bliss podcast uh, Instagram, I'll post pictures of all of the meals that we made um, throughout the course of um, our final table competition. Um, let me ask you, um, you know, we we made a lot. Um, what did you? Uh, a two, I guess, twofold question. What was your was your favorite dish that we made? Um, and actually, we made entrees and we made desserts for every uh, for every country. Um, what was the favorite dish, both entree, uh, favorite entree, favorite dessert that we made? And um, you know, what did you learn from from that experience um, that we uh, used uh, the final table as inspiration for our cooking journey? Yeah, um, that's a hard one because I I feel like we made amazing dishes um, overall, but I have to say probably the one that I think, cause it's just so foreign to me um, was paella. Um, I've never had paella prior to that. And um, I'm a big fan of seafood and um, all those coming together. I just felt like it was a very colorful dish and it was such a good time to um, make it. I remember you got the specific pan for uh, making it and a lot of different um, cooking utensils to help us on our journey. And it was just such a cool experience to go through, um, for instance, like with Italy, making our own pasta. That was like the first time that I've ever been able to do it myself to make uh, pasta. So yeah, I think paella would probably be my favorite dish. Um, for desserts, that one's uh, hard because um, my heart's kind of in my stomach because I'm a big foodie. Um, I do like a nice dessert. Um, you know, I am a big fan of that ooey gooey, 
ooey gooey butter cake. Um, that I think part of the reason for that is just from you and mom spending some time in Missouri and it felt like a kind of like a family dish in that way, but it was just, oh my goodness, Missouri, you're doing one thing right. Uh, maybe not the Chiefs, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, my um, my St. Louis compatriots that are part of this network, the ABC network, will be excited to hear that Gooey Butter Cake uh, took the top spot in your heart. Um, I'll, I'll go, and then I, and then I do want you to answer. You know what you what you maybe thought you learned. I think for me, yeah, I think you're spot on. I think the paella and the and the homemade pasta with the homemade uh, vodka cream sauce um, that you made. Um, was both of those were were really one A and one B for me, um, and really took both of us doing kind of all pieces of the dish, which I thought was um, which was was really cool. Um, and then for me, the, uh, the the dessert that that sticks out for me is is probably the banoffee pie. Um, you know, I, I've not. Uh, mm. I've never had that before. It's in my favorite movie, Love Actually. They talk about banoffee pie, but I, I had never tried it, and uh, we made it, and it's it's the stickiest, sweetest thing I've ever eaten. But man, was it delicious! And uh, I still think yeah. about it sometimes. I really should just jump back on to uh, making another one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious. Uh, what did you learn? It could be you know in general about yourself, about cooking, about um, you know whatever. What did what did you feel like you learned from that experience? Well, I think I learned a lot of things. Um... One, I, I think I learned obviously like different techniques to prepare things. Um, I also learned how to cook in the kitchen with someone else um, in terms of, you know, with you and I both doing stuff to complete one dish together. Um, I feel like there was a lot of components and you got to really time things up right with the other person. Um, and I also feel like, um, did you hear any of that? Yep. Oh, okay. It cut out. Sorry. Um, yeah. And I feel like also I learned um, kind of my love for cooking more. It's just, it was so cool because I didn't realize that I could have those skills and being able to learn on the, the move like that. But also I, I really enjoyed the time that we got to spend together um, and that we got to take out of our busy lives to just do something together. Like I said, um, cooking, I think it's also a vessel for bringing people together. And um, it's one of those memories that I know I'll cherish forever. Um, just getting to spend that time with you on Sundays and cook something nice for um, mom. And yeah, I just a great overall experience. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I mean, it's one of my fondest experiences that that we've had together. We've had plenty, um, you know. Yeah. And, and, but I, it really like it does stick out. We, you and I talk about it still two years later. Um, we're talking about doing a second round, um, uh, hopefully this summer. That's that's kind of the plan. Um, obviously, we got a bit derailed uh, last year um, for the for the pandemic, um, but. Um, our plan is to is to bring that back. You know, one of the things that also um, that comes to mind for me with that is several of those weeks we had other people that weren't just people living in our house that also tried the, the food and we cooked for them. Um, you know, we, we, uh, right. even the first, the very first week, um, you know, we had, um, you know, uh, your mom's sister was here um, and we, we cooked for her Um uh, you know, your uh, great grandfather came in one week and, and we cooked right. for him. And, you know, it was really like you talked about bringing people together. And that was really um, 
that's one of the other things that stands out for me is that, you know, it was really nice for us and we had an awesome time. We ate some really great food, um, and learned a lot, but, um, but it also was really, uh, it was nice to, to, to have that for other people as well. Definitely. Um, I want to switch gears uh, just just slightly. Um, talking still about cooking shows, and I, you know, I I think this is a. You and I have talked about this too. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ezra is my adopted son. Um, I, I don't think that's particularly relevant, other than to say, like, uh, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic because also Ezra is someone I've known my his entire life, um, uh, which is not something that adopted parents often get to say. Um, but uh, Ezra um, was. Uh, born i guess as my cousin um and and um you know took took him in when he was 16 and um you know he's been with me ever since but um one of the one of the things uh, talking about cooking shows one of my earliest memories regarding cooking shows specifically is uh watching emerald um at your house um when i was really young um and you you were pretty young too you've probably been about two or three when we were doing that um but that was one of the things that uh you know i always remember that was the first cooking show i ever saw was was emerald lagasse um and just yeah. just vibrant and, and crazy and then what ultimately would happen is that your biological father would also then try to cook things and uh to uh, uh hit and miss proportions um <laughs> but uh that's uh, you know it, it's interesting that we kind of you know we 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 had that even built in from a from a pretty young age yeah definitely i think um i do remember that actually with um my biological father, he, uh, he did like cooking and he watched a lot of cooking shows. And I remember, um, you know, I will give him credit. Uh, one of the things he did do right was he did try to, uh, make dishes spiced up a little bit. Um, even a can of raviolis. I remember it would take 40 minutes to make a can of raviolis, believe it or not. But that's because he had to add in, um, basil and tomatoes and, uh, saute some garlic and, uh, I mean, overall, they were delicious uh, dishes, and I, I think that kind of sprung forward, definitely, but like you were saying, it's kind of a cool experience that even though we weren't in the same household like most father's sons would be um, with our interesting dynamic, but also being able to grow up in the same um, kind of environment sometimes and seeing those cooking shows, because I definitely remember those times. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, one point that you hit on there, uh, which which brings uh, it home for me, neither of our fathers known for their efficiency uh, <laughs> for in their passion projects um, took the oh, time that not. took way too much time, probably, uh, than they needed yeah. to. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, cooking versus eating. And that, that seems a little, uh, a little weird, maybe to say, but but what I mean by that is, you, you mentioned that, you we had talked with you about hey if you want um meat or whatever like you're gonna need to start cooking that um right. and um but i think you know for me right now i also see cooking as such a um you know not to not to be too uh, uh <laughs> kind of out there right but but i see cooking as, as as an expression of of love right we've kind of been talking about it as being like a part of family and like this this expression of that but it's an expression of love too it's an act of service right um this idea of like cooking for somebody and like it, you know it, it is what you make it too and, and for me i think I, my agree. my philosophy is, is has changed a little bit to the idea of like 
I am happy to like cook for somebody else, even if I'm not eating, you know, the meal. Right. And I'm wondering like for you not to, not to bring it down into really like, uh, simple terms like uh do you prefer cooking or do you prefer eating but but more so like like for you like what is um you know i, I guess what does that what does that feel like for you like 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 cooking for yourself cooking for others um you know having people cook for you like, like are you thinking about the cooking process because you are involved in 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 cooking and that's something that you do pretty much daily are you thinking about that when you are going out to eat and, and what that might look like for those folks it, i threw a lot out at you you can pick the pieces that you want to answer but I, i'm just curious kind of where that's at yeah no sure overall um i think i do definitely think about the cooking process um a lot i for me when I'm cooking for myself, I think one of the things that you were talking about love is cooking. Um, it's not just about the process, right? And I really do think um, when I'm cooking for myself, it's like self-love, if that makes sense. I'm able to be creative because I do believe cooking is an art form in itself. And um, it's not just about like the taste. Sometimes it's about the presentation. I think that adds to the overall taste of like for cooking for other people it's also that too you take a little bit of pride in your craft and um, being able to make something that you find a recipe for it's your first time and let's you want to impress someone or just want them to have a good meal i think it it's kind of its way of um showing love it's a love language in itself of just doing a task for someone else um and i think when other people make food for me i see that as a love language as well um, of them going out of their way to not just cook something simple, but when they cook like a really complex dish and you can tell they put their time and energy into it, it you just appreciate it more. Um, yeah, so overall, I think it's just, um, it's about the creativity, the art, the passion people put into it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with that. I think that, you know, as I was asking the question about thinking about the process, um, I, I find myself doing that maybe not as often as I, and I also haven't been to a lot of restaurants, right. In the last year. So, so maybe right. that that's part of that, but, um, but I, I haven't necessarily found myself thinking about that, but I always think about it when other people are cooking for me um, and what that looks like. And, and, um, and unfortunately, I think sometimes that also lends itself to critique as well. Right. Um, and this idea of like, right. part of that is, is my own, um, you know, thought like wanting to be perfect right like this this idea of perfectionism um i you know we've we've talked about this a lot um offline but one of the things that you know we talked about my my love uh, for cooking also extends specifically to baking and um and and part of what i love about baking is that is that it's precise right um and that's not something that like, and i think when you're cooking you can be a little free a little more free than, than you can with baking and there's there's some pieces and some people that can be like much more free with baking um but for me like the precision is like that's you mentioned art that's part of the art for me um and it's it's also like to me it's why i'm good at baking like there's there's not a talent i don't think that i personally possess i think i'm just good at reading directions um and following right. them right um yeah, I, I, but I, but I, but I find what you're saying like uh, about kind of the art piece and 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 also like the, uh, I like what you said about when when people are cooking for you, you're thinking of that as well. And and it's obviously not like one of the official love languages or anything like that. But to me, it, it is right. part of that uh, that act of service, right? Um, and, and I think that that's um, 
it, it, it's interesting, certainly. Definitely. I think another thing to add on is you were talking about with baking, you have to be more precise and with cooking, you're a little bit more free to do what you want. And I always think about cooking shows when I see them not measure out stuff and you assume that they did before, but like when they're, uh, there's a really funny video that goes around and she's like, just two shots of vodka and she just dumps in half a bottle. Um, I always think of that <laughs> when I'm cooking because I, I'll be honest, I don't measure out stuff when I'm cooking, but like if I was going to try to make something that I wanted to be correct, like you said, I mean, you're just reading instructions. I think you just got to be good at following them and reading them carefully. Um, but yeah, I think it's just such an interesting process and cooking allows you to be a little bit more free. Well, I think that was that was really hard for me. Uh, and I don't know if this is just my own like, like, you know, brain thing or whatever, but it was really hard for me when I was learning to cook because my, uh, you know, my grandmother, our grandmother, um, you know, she she doesn't measure anything. She doesn't write anything down. She just knows what she's supposed to do for her recipes. Right. I think a lot of our grandmothers are probably like that. Um, and so she just this is what you do. And it's like, well, that's really not helpful when I'm trying to learn how to make these delicious foods for myself. And I think part of it is that she wants me to keep relying on her for those foods, right? Like, so she doesn't want me doing it myself, right? So she's not going to share her trade secrets. Um, right. But yeah, but I, but it was, it was, you know, a little frustrating for me and, and really, you know, I think both of us are self, self-taught more than anything um, in, when, it, when it comes to cooking. Um, Definitely. Let me ask you as we're... Um, you know, uh, kind of winding down here, uh, just a couple of ending pieces uh, for you. Uh, you know, the first is, you know, outside of final table, we talked about the paella, we talked about, uh, you know, the the pasta, uh, we talked about the, the ooey gooey butter cake. Um, but for you, what do you feel is um, either the best thing you have cooked, or the best thing that you currently cook? Best thing I have cooked or currently cook. Um, <laughs> I know this is just going to be a little funny considering the fact that you're vegetarian and uh, hopefully it doesn't come across uh, poorly, but I, I do think my chicken has really been better. Um, I remember when we were living together um, back at home, I, I would always oven bake chicken and I was always like, it looked weird. I was upset because I felt like it wasn't the way I wanted it. And um, since I moved out, I've kind of branched out with like different spices, just going around and finding stuff that looks interesting to me. And I've kind of just, I feel like I've perfected making um, like um, taco bowls mm. because I can make like a really good chicken. And then I learned a new technique for making rice um, from my girlfriend or family's Honduran. And this is the way that they make it. And um, it's just kind of cool to see the whole like different components coming together. So I'd say currently and probably one of the better things I cook is um, chicken. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's something that you want to um, either learn how to cook or, or you want to perfect as you're moving forward? Um, one thing I want to learn how to cook. Um, honestly, I want to get better at uh, souffles. Um, they're pretty hard um, or I would say um, perfecting a steak um, I try to follow the Gordon Ramsay ritual of you know cooking on the stove top for a little bit and then putting it in the oven to finish and 
every time I try that, it never comes out medium rare. It comes out pretty done and it's a little disappointing. Um, so yeah, I'd have to say probably that. And I also, another part is I really do want to get into baking. Um, but as you were talking about that precision piece is it takes a little bit of patience because you're not going to always get it right off the bat. So yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to stay away from ever cooking again? Something that's not bringing you bliss when you're trying to cook it. So, all right, that's fair. Um, you know, there hasn't been something that hasn't really, like, I, I'm like, I'm never making this again. This is terrible. Um, to be honest, I, I think it's just, um, I'm a kind of a routine eater, so I eat what I like anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know if I have one at the moment. That's okay. Mine is cauliflower tortillas. Uh, oh. Never again. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Did, yeah. That did, didn't work. Just made me mad. Um, That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk very, very quickly. Um, you know, for you, you know, what... Um, what what are ways that you think that other people could could find bliss in cooking? What are what are you know pieces of advice that you might have for people who who maybe aren't into cooking or cooking is stressful for them? What are what are things that you think they could take away to help make this a much more uh, joyous and blissful experience? I think the best piece of advice is just start out slow and be patient with yourself. You're gonna mess up stuff. It's gonna burn. It's gonna be undercooked. It's just about being patient. Um, I recommend just going online and finding different recipes of things that look good to you and getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, one thing I do that I find helps me when I'm cooking alone, at least, or even with people, um, is just having a little bit of background music, um, something upbeat or something that kind of speaks to you because it will help in the whole process to keep you concentrated and just enjoying the overall um, time and if that doesn't work well um, if you're old enough pour yourself a drink <laughs> that, that usually does the trick <laughs> yeah I would say you know one of the things that you mentioned um, about your chicken is something that I would recommend in general for people is just is just experiment you know um, uh, find spices that you like find different types of flavors that you like figure out what your favorite dish at a restaurant is and not that you have to recreate it but but figure out what the flavors are from that that you like you those types of things because a lot of people get bliss so to speak from from eating too right and so think about like right. those moments and then how do you recreate that for yourself how do you create that at home um how do you how do you make yourself want to cook right um and, and i think the other piece of that is not seeing it as as a chore something that has to be done we kind of talked about that at the beginning with this idea of how do we how do we engage with cooking in a way that's um positive and that's not right. just a reflection of well i need to eat so i have to cook right uh yeah i think that you know uh, sometimes we uh you know, we see the memes all the time of that right like people have a ton of food in the house but they're still going to order in and i'm certainly guilty of that myself um, but i think it's about finding you know that even that one dish that you're like really excited to get into um and and really excited right. to try and, and those types of things definitely i think that that's very crucial in the overall um experience Awesome. Process, yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for, uh, you know, sharing your time with us um, today on the inaugural uh, edition of What's Your Bliss. Um, 
you'll hear some bloopers likely at the end of this um, as we tried to navigate this very first time, uh, very first episode of this uh, podcast. Uh, Ezra and I both have an affinity for blooper reels at the ends of movies. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to try to incorporate that in the ends of uh, my podcast as well. Um, but uh, really uh, grateful to have had you here. Uh, really uh, jazzed by our conversation. Uh, want, makes me want to go cook, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to do Final Table um, again um, this summer. Um, when we do that, we'll also add that to the Your Bliss podcast Instagram page. Um, so we'll show you what we're still doing and what we're still cooking, um, those things like that. Um, I know you're really not on uh, social media or anything like that these days, but and, and uh, you know you you're a college student who's just trying to get through college and and working and all of that. But is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Um, not really to tell you the truth, but I guess just spreading some positivity out there. Um, the world could use it right now. That's the name of the game. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ezra, uh, for joining us on What's Your Bliss. Um, I hope that you all continue to find your bliss. And if you'd like to be a guest on What's Your Bliss, uh, just send an email to yourblisspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to advertise for our show, please send an email to yourblisspodcast at gmail.com. You can find What's Your Bliss at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Bliss Pod, at Y-O-U-R-B-L-I-S-S-P-O-D. Once again, you can also email us at YourBlissPodcast at gmail.com. Ezra, thanks for joining me, and I hope you have an excellent day. Thank you, Pops. I appreciate you having me on. This is why we don't do this live. (laughs) (laughs) Do people do it live? There are some. There's not a lot, but there are some. I'll try to make it easier. We can't even get through this damn story. Uh (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be such a big gap because we're going to think that we were at a different point. I know. That's Uh, fine. Yeah, we'll we'll work through it. Um, 